Hello, this is your host, Paul Harvey at Life, Passion and Business. I realise I put this at the end of the programme most of the time. And I also realise I don't often listen to the end of podcasts. So I thought about it, i tell you here before we get started. So the first thing is this podcast is not supported in any way. We have no sponsorship. So if you would like to support us, do check out the Buy Me A Coffee link on this podcast app. And you also find it at the website. Now, also, if you are interested in the five questions and would like to answer them yourself, do check out the resources tab at the website because the five questions is available as a workbook and an ebook. And if you want to know why that's important, check out the end of the podcast or go and check out the resources tab at the website. That's enough for me. Let's get on with the program. My name is Paul Harvey, and you are listening to Life, Passion and Business, a podcast born out of my desire to find greater meaning in life at the time when I thought there was none. Since that day, I have spoken to hundreds of people, and what I have discovered is that our story is everything, because what we do, feel or experience is based on the stories that we tell ourselves. It's time to explore what it means to live a good life. How do we make this experience better? And more importantly, how do we lead the world to a better place? The mission for me is to deliver people to sustainable whole self transformation. Hello, here is part two of my conversation with Janine Kim. If you missed part one, you can go back and hear it, but I'll give you a potted history. Janine, at 17 years old, left home and after a a series of careers, ended up in the financial industry. She became an IPO trader and she was very successful in in her chosen career. Although it was not feeding her, it was absolutely letting her die inside. She did not know what to do with herself and she discovered yoga and Chinese medicine. So much so that she chose to follow it as a career. That was 23 years ago and she has never looked back. She's been a healer for over 23 years and treated hundreds and hundreds of people, helping them bring their life back into balance from a soul perspective. This is about bringing everything back in alignment. So we're going to cover that in this story. You get to hear some quite unusual things. You get to hear about reincarnation. You get you get to hear about gut bacteria, health and fitness and vibrancy. It's a wonderful conversation and there are some tips for you how you can move yourself along on this journey. So I hope you enjoy part two of my conversation with Janine Kim. You've now got this thing that you do in the world, which is you're a healer. And so what is your thing? What is it, the, 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 the big thing that you're doing, I guess? What's the mission that you're on? That's the word. What's the mission? I, I love that. My, the mission for me is um, to deliver people to sustainable whole self transformation. And what I mean by that is that I work with their beliefs, their understandings, their even their their habits, you know, food, life, all that. And we really work towards finding a specific way to shift the paradigm under their feet from their conditioning and from the fear and the shame oftentimes of what they're feeling inside about themselves or about emotions or about where they want to go, who they might be. And I'm going to say something a little wild. But I call myself a healer. I, I kind of hold that loosely because healer 101 training, you cannot heal anybody. 
No one heals anybody. The doctor exactly. Oh, the doctor doesn't heal you. No, no. You, it gives you something to support yes. your body to heal itself. Thank you. And so that's my, that's my goal is to shift the paradigm so people can, you know, oftentimes when you're in survival mode, which I am fully well aware of, you got to put that other, you got to compartmentalize. You got to put that stuff to the side. And I get it. There's times for that. But then what happens is, is that we forget those compartments and they nestle in and they create pathology and they, they get us stuck and afraid that if we let it out, we're going to crumble. And so I really hold the sacred space and I'm like, let's go to those dark bits, man. Let's go there and let's show you how you can walk yourself out with new habits. Cause I work on the spirit and I give them, you know, herbal insights, vitamins, supplements, food practices, like your yoga or the running things like this to really um, get them settled into their own empowerment. And of course, the challenge of that is people want the quick fix because they've been taught. Okay. They've yes. been taught by our yes. by our society, by medicine, that you just need to go and get some get some shots from the doctor or get some tabs from oh. the doctor, and you'll be fine. No, you know, no. just, and, just go in for a service, and they'll just take some bits out they don't need, and you'll be fine. Well, and you know, and it's like <clears> you're you're touching on so much. You know, my I have a saying: the end game is that there is no end game. <laughs> so, the end game is that there is no end game. And at first, people hear that, and it sounds so scary. Like, oh my gosh, then what's the point? Like, well, sit with that for a minute because then that reels you back into this moment because we keep evolving. We're going to mm. keep going. So why not be here in this moment and just deal with what's at hand and let it come up? Because usually we're holding our breath, like in yoga. When I would teach yoga, you'd see people holding the breath in the back bend or a real tough pose. Only when you breathe into it, can you reassign the nervous system and then let the muscles relax and you could go farther in the pose. Mm. And in life, it's the same way. You may come up to a situation and you hold your breath, you constrict because it's so scary. Just make it be over, make it be over that finish line. And it's like, no, just be with it, man. And then in being- hey, I mean, all these things are easy said than done, but when you're facing oh, a guy God, yeah. down, he's, got, he's pointing something sharp at you or something which is something which is a bit, which is a bit more aggressive than something sharp. You know, when, when you are right. facing the pointy end of something you don't want to be, that's quite hard not you know, to be. To well, be no, way. it's so true. Well, in those moments, I mean, whip out that moment. That's what our adrenaline was <laughs> is created for. You know, it's those moments that are few and far between. Mm. But oftentimes, again, what people end up doing is they feel that and then they carry it over into and it becomes like their whole life. And I know I was there, mm. you know, it's like it's it, very it, hard to put things down, isn't it? And that, that's it very is. true. I mean, I, I've had just simple, ex, ex, simple things where I've had harsh words with someone or and even just a simple interaction. It's like you kind of process it for a few hours afterwards like well why am i processing this now it's done and yet even then it's very hard not to not to stick with it it is there's, there's that old there's that old proverb isn't it of the two monks traveling down the road and cross it and they come to a river and you know their you know, their monks are celibate and there's some woman looking to cross the river so the old monk picks her up and carries her on his back over the river and the young monk is mortified that this this old monk has carried this beautiful woman over the river 
And the other, by the end of the day, he says, I, you know, I'm really concerned you did this. And the, and the old man says, well, I, put, I left her on the other side of the river, but you brought her with you all day. <laughs> You're still carrying her. <laughs> There's the shoulds. There's the shoulds, right? Uh, that's, oh, I love that one. It's not told very well, but, you know, you can get the, you know, dress it up a bit oh. if you retell it. You know, I mean, you can imagine, can't you? It's, it's some Buddhist sort of Sufi story or something, but... Oh, it's fabulous. It's it's spot on, right? It speaks to what it, and I often say that, you know, evolution happens regardless of our part in it. Mm. If we could use our brain to, to be an assistance of the letting go as we evolve, instead of believing that the mind needs to make us evolve is, you know, is, is kind of a fun way to work with the energy of our so really timely that you had this conversation you said you do past life stuff and you think about past lives so i was listening to a podcast this week which is the impact impact theory or impact impact theory i think it is with tom billieu and he had some quite sophisticated entrepreneurs talking anyway the subjects of reincarnation reincarnation came up and Tom, who is, you know, a strategic business person, was kind of going, well, I'm not sure I can. And they go, no, he said, I was at, the, and the guy said, you know, I was at this conversation. He said, and apparently the University of Virginia, someone died in the 1960s, and he left a huge trunch of cash for someone who wanted to research reincarnation. And so someone stepped up and started doing the research. So he created a database. So this guy, I mean, obviously the department's got bigger now. And this guy has heard them speak at some event. And I've forgotten the guy's name. I will put it in the show notes so people can look it up. But apparently um, the database has three and a half thousand accurately documented, proved cases of reincarnation where children under the age of four or five have perfect memories of a past yeah. life. Mm-hmm. And apparently, it, yeah, and normally, normally they are born, there's a whole strategy, they're normally born within so many kilometers or how many miles of the person that died. And quite often, it's within five to six months of the person dying. This oh. is the level of the stats they've now got. Uh, I mean, you've got, th- you've got kids speaking ancient Aramaic and all sorts of stuff. Oh. You know, it's like, and it's like, but I'm sure China probably has far more experiences of this right because but, it's but this is just us yeah this is just right. us stuff you know right. it's like so it's like it was fascinating to hear that and i've, I've bought the book to say because i want to read more about it yes yes did you hear about the boy um and you could find this on youtube and there's books on it as well where he would as a little boy just like you said wake up in the middle of the night it, it was in america in the south and he was screaming like get me out get me out and he was he said he was stuck And it turns out um, that he was expressing that he was stuck in this, um, I think it was World War II, some kind of like um, a cockpit. And he had gone down in Japan and he said what the name of the, I think it was John or something, or he said the name of who he was in the other life. And it was the same name he had in this life. And uh, interestingly enough, and then he started explaining these planes and his dad was pretty religious. The parents were, I, th- I, I want to say maybe they were Presbyterian or Protestant. I can't remember. And his dad's like, no, 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 no. We're not going down this road. This is ridiculous. I, you know, and he did not, he just said no. But his son was coming up with these inexplicable details. Just, just, just like, there's no way. And so he went deeper into it and they actually found that the, 
the, the exact plane, the name of the, the person that died, it, sure enough, existed. And the guy who died in the World War II, his sister was still alive. Wow. So they brought the little boy to meet the sister. She was an old, older woman, I think in her <clears throat> 90s at that point. And it was just incredible. And he immediately called the sister a nickname or a kind of, you know, a, a variation of the name that he used to call her when she was little. Wow. Wow. It's going to freak some people out this conversation, isn't it? <laughs> yes. And there's an amazing book on it. And so look it up. I, I you know, I don't remember the name, sadly, but uh, you could find it. It's it's very yeah, clear yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's also some, um, I, I, I was doing some research cause, uh, on something else and there's some quite interesting evidence on heart pl on transplant patients oh, okay. taking on the characteristics of the person whose heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a, I think there's quite an interesting YouTube one where, where the, the, the person with a new heart taken on the, you know, now like spicy food and used to hate it because he's got a heart from someone who used to enjoy spicy food. It's not really kind of interesting, isn't it? So it's, well, it's about this thing about this being this about this body is made up of the things around it, isn't it? That that sense of the, the different levels. It's the projector. This yeah. is the projector of the other energies. And yeah. imagine that heart being made by the will, the emotion, and the beliefs of <sighs> the individual. And then you put it elsewhere. It's just a, the densest version mm. of the other components. Mm. And you, you even see this in epigenetics. And of course, as healers, we've known this without the science, okay? But even with epigenetics, if you are born with a certain gene <clears throat> uh, prospect, it's, you know, the genes can be turned on and off. It doesn't mean you're automatically going to get it. And I'm being adopted. I could speak to that. Like mm. I... You know, I had the parents I was raised with, and then I had my biological, and I didn't know what was going on with my biological. And so there's always that, um, and part of it with my father, my biological father, I'll never know, because he died before I was able to meet him, and mm. he didn't even know his full history. He was adopted as well. Oh. And so DNA could kind of help us with this, but you still... <laughs> You know, when you're not around it, you don't have the conditioning in the mind to automatically think you're going to go there mm. and the habitual ways of living. And so when you do heal and shift your mind, you shift your, you cleanse your emotions from the trauma, your spirit, the body absolutely changes. That's again, the somatic experience. Mm -hmm. And you could turn those genes on and off for sure. So if you were going, if people listening to this, uh, what's your sense of how they heal themselves? Is there a, is there a, is there a 101 for this for, for them? Or, you know, I, I, I know I'm trying to, I know I'm trying to say the, the impossible, but you know, no, we'll give, good, we'll give, we'll give it a try. <laughs> a good starting point. I think it's awesome. Well, I would say go back to the four bodies as your babies. Hmm. Imagine again, that those four bodies are the legs of a table. And the tabletop is the wholeness, the fullness of your life, your existence. Is one of those legs shorter than the other? Is one a little longer? And if that's the case, what you're trying to balance in your life, stuff is just going to roll off or be wobbly or, you know. So when you get right the best you can, 
It's really the intention, the intended awareness. Every day, try out the sacred clearing on my website, clear your energy, get your, you know, your, your energetic um, baseline for the day. Start to listen to what's going on here before you listen to what's going on out there. Get more familiar with empty see what comes up. And when you do these things and you answer the calls of the other bodies, like you do when you're running, you hear the ankle, you hear the, when you start answering those calls, you become stronger with it, more accustomed to it. And yes, people, places, and things in your life are going to fall away when you start doing that. I'm letting you know it's not unicorns and daisies, but you're making room for others that will meet you wholly as well. Because one of the big things that a lot of people struggle with, I mean, not from, I don't have the issue, but weight is a big one, isn't it? Particularly for women and such. And, and obviously we live in a culture where you're supposed to be a certain size and shape. Right. But I'm, but to, to, to sustain that weight, if, if this is the reflection, the, you know, the projection of everything else, what are the issues that are putting that weight on? Because obviously people just eat donuts and, you know, and, and you know, the, the media right. says you need to eat donuts because that's how you stay healthy. So, right. so. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, every, every person is different, but yeah. there's a couple things going on there. Um, for the most part, you know, and I'm going to speak to the physical component of this first, our gut is the landlord. The microbiome in our gut is the landlord. And there are thousands of different species of millions of the microbiome in there. Mm-hmm. When we start to eat sugar a lot of it it you feed the bad or the harsh microbiome that makes acidic body versus alkaline system we need a little of both but it's overly run and then that the what happens is that we listen to the body and the body's like i need more i need more i need more it's like a fast fix sugar is fast fire fast Mm. fire it's the cliff notes of a book. It doesn't want to read the novel. That's yeah. sugar. And so when we, you know, the, the physical component says, well, gosh, when I'm hungry, your body cries out for what it knows will fix it right away. So you're bucking your body in the, in a moment when you're, when you have all that sugar that we keep feeding our system. I've heard it said somewhere, there's actually some question with who's more alive, you know, who, who are, are we actually a container for the bacteria or, no. you know, and is, and who's right. managing the ship, who's managing the ship really? <laughs> well, it's true because you can, they've even done some research. I've read about some research that's done where they check the microbiome of people who are serial killers, people who do certain things because the belly and the brain go together like peanut butter and jelly. Mm. If the belly's inflamed, the brain is as well. And so if you gave, so like go back to the donuts, if you said to yourself, you know what, I'm going to pull back from sugar, give it about a month, couple weeks to a month. It's the most bizarre thing before you know it, um, outside of maybe some nostalgia reasons, but your body won't crave it anymore because you're feeding it something else. And so then it subtly but powerfully directs you in another way to get your nourishment. Taking probiotics the way our ancestors used to eat, you know, kimchi, yogurt, sauerkraut, all those things. And they have amazing specific strains for probiotics that help people 
to adjust that within themselves. And then there's also, you know, oftentimes a, the energetic or the spiritual component could, it, a couple things, like women, for instance, there's that buffer of like, gosh, am I valuable if I am receptive? And, and by the way, it just doesn't have to be a woman. It could, you know, the essence of yin and yang are within all of us. But, you know, am I receptive? If I'm receptive, am I of value? I only am receptive if I'm serving others or, or I'm only valuable if I serve others or if I'm doing something. And so there's that wanting to hide that, wanting to buffer from it. And also then there's, you know, another, a big one that I see a lot is um, a feeling of lack, like an insatiable lack. And you could even see this. Um, there's scientific fun studies that if uh, ancestors a few lifetimes back starved, it's energetically in the line of, you know, it's in your system. And they did this, they did it a couple ways. One of them, it's a real popular study. You could look this up. They would take a mouse and they would, God bless this little mouse, like, you know, zap the mouse while it's smelling cherry blossoms. Mm. And so the correlation, cherry blossoms and the zap, you know, and then generations later, a little baby mouse was born, didn't even know great grandpa mouse, smells the smell and immediately has anxiety. Mm. And what that does, it's, it's actually a survival technique because when somebody goes through it, we want to pass things on. And, and in the mind of that first mouse, it was like, oh, danger, stay away. Mm -hmm. and, and it becomes larger in their brain. And so, you know, we're bucking those things. That doesn't mean that you're stuck with it forever. It does not. Those are things we can absolutely unwind. And I even take it a step further. And, you know, because we're all energy first, we match the energy of our ancestors by way of our other lifetimes. That's when we land in as a soul into the family that we choose. Of course. Yes. Yes. That, 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 that from that eastern mythology is it, right it's about we we choose the family yeah mm. birds of a feather absolutely yeah 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 and that is quite hard for people to take particularly if they've got a family it's tough to be with it is and i i know because i've you know i've been there. i've lived that as well and i mm. get it but the perfection of it i mean arnold schwarzenegger goes to the gym and, you know, he's not, when you, when you go lift weights, you're not cussing at, I mean, you're not loving the weights. I mean, probably I'm cussing at the weights, but, but, uh, you know, usually you're like, oh, this sucks. What the heck? But you're building a muscle in a way and you get just what you need because it's helping you birth an aspect of yourself that you're just trying to make peace with or mm. that you want to strengthen and you weren't aware of yet. Hmm. So we're coming to the end of our time together. Is there anything you would like to say as a, as a, as a round this up? Be open-minded and open-hearted to your own power and how these seemingly little things can have such a massive impact on your life. Consider the Titanic. I bet 
if they were just two degrees to the left in the end game, when they hit that huge iceberg, maybe they would have been a little bit more, you know, to the left because the trajectory after a while is surprising. So just chip away at it, man. Healing is not a finish line. It's right here, right now. Make a promise to yourself to just meet those four babies and pay attention to them equally every single day. That's lovely. So how will people find you if they want to find you? My website, janinekim.com and Mm -hmm. my new Instagram, themystic.janinekim. And if I don't answer there, just email me because I'm, I just, um, I don't check in with Instagram all that much, but I'm preparing to expand on that a bit more. Lovely. Well, Janine Kim, thank you so much for sharing this, uh, this lovely story with me and um, all of your healing delights. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you so much for having me, Paul. It was a pure joy. Thank you. It was. And that was part two of my conversation with Janine Kim. If you want to hear how she got to this point in her life, do check out part one of the story. And that was Life, Passion and Business with Paul Harvey and my guest, Janine Kim. If you'd like to connect with Janine, you can find her at her website, which is janinekim.com. You can also find her on Instagram, themystic.janinekim. You can find details of her book and her podcast and her readings, and it's a great site to check it out. All those links will be available at the website lifepassionandbusiness.com. Hopefully you have been following this podcast for a while and have explored the five questions for yourself. But if not, what's stopping you? You know, after hundreds of interviews, I can say with a hand on my heart that having answers to the questions about our passion, a picture of success, an awareness of contribution, thoughts around the one question and a sense of what it all means, that is the path to a good life. Now look, you don't need me to tell you that our world is changing faster than at any other time, certainly any time that I can remember, and we must be sure to know who we are and what we want out of this journey because we will not get it unless we choose it so please give it some thought because you know your future depends on it and if you'd like some help with that process do check out the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com where you will find the five questions ebook and worksheets now this stuff is packed with exercises to help you on the journey towards self-discovery and it's at the amazing price of just 12.99 so do check that out at the resources tab at lifepassionandbusiness.com now finally has this podcast been useful to you If so, please consider giving us a five-star review on the app of your choosing and, of course, sharing it with a friend because that's how people like yourself find good podcasts. And that's it from me until Sunday. As always, thank you so much for being here with me on this journey. I so appreciate your time and attention. I'll catch you next time. All the best.